True Believers once again to the Marvel Cinecast for Guardians of the Galaxy. Joining me this week, as always, we have Tony. We are Tony. And <laughs> 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 uh, we have Scott. I, I can't, I can't beat that. You win. <laughs> yes, I've been saving that one. <laughs> I'm just picturing Tony now, right? I got this. I got. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. <laughs> so yes, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is the most recent in quotes because we're we are second class citizens when it comes to mobile films, and uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron is actually out as of this recording in Europe. So people what? right now are watching. I have people on my Twitter timeline who are already lining up to watch the movie as we speak. <laughs> those oh, those pesky Europeans. Yeah, I such know, elitists but, over there. It's it's an interesting. Thing. It's such an yeah. interesting thing because Disney, like Pixar films, take forever. Like their animated films take forever to come out in Europe. Like they got Toy Story. I remember. I think we got it in June. They ended up getting it in like October of that year. And it's like they do the animated films, and it takes forever. But their Marvel films, I think almost every single one of them has been out in Europe before us. Oh, you buy a week or two. Yeah, but, I don't get it though. Why? It doesn't make any sense. I, yeah, I, I, I don't get the business acumen of any of this, but it happened, so... Yeah. Well, lucky them. Lucky them. We're still cooler. America. Yeah. yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. One of the characters in the movies named Captain America. Why does it come out in Europe first? I mean, like, oh, that what? Was really fu- that was very funny with the Winter Soldier, because that was a Captain America movie. Yeah. <laughs> but... This actually does not have Captain America. It actually does not even take place on the planet Earth. Well, except for the very, very beginning of this film. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy uh, takes place in the galaxy. A very vague what? galaxy. They don't really specify like, if it's the Milky Way or if it's somewhere. Do they? Um, No, they don't. However, we could probably look this up. They're, they're at the Nova Corps, which is on, what's the name of the planet that they're on? Uh, oh, I am not that geeky. The OU, the OU International, I was going to say International. <laughs> the OU Forum Planet I know is Oa. <laughs> okay, the and Nova Corps is on Xandar, which is... Um, I, I'm just going to kind of throw this out there, because this was my initial impressions when I came out of the film, and it's still one of the things that stays with me the longest, and I assume it stays with everybody, is that I think, not just for a comic book film, I think this is one of the best films as far as using music goes. And that it helps to not oh it it has a purpose of not like oh we're just gonna have a bunch of retro music it has a very emotional center to it and it's something that they played throughout the film to great usage and it's a ton for you know it's it's from a very specific era so make the early eighties mm-hmm. but the way that it's used and almost every you know it's used at the beginning when he's doing his little dance when you get introduced to Star Lord it's introduced. Not introduced. It's used at the very end when he has a dance off for the distraction. It's used as an emotional punch at the end with the hero when he, mm-hmm. you know, he finds mixtape volume two or whatever. And just throughout, you didn't know there's the scene where he in the prison when he gets the his uh, Walkman back and this one guard doesn't into it. And you know, there's a scene with him and Gamora on the balcony when they listen to it. And it's just this great <laughs> continuing theme. And it's not like. They 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 set it up in such a way that they can use new music without it being repetitious, but still have a purpose for why all of these popular songs are actually in this film. 
Definitely. And I feel like mm-hmm. they, you know, and I, I remember watching some interviews. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Xandar is in the Andromeda Galaxy, which is about 2.5 uh, billion. Is it, yeah, no, million. 2.5 million light years from Earth. There we go. Anyway, so, but yeah, I, I was definitely watching some interviews where James Gunn, the director, was talking about how he would specifically pick out certain songs for different scenes and that, you know, he really, um, you know, wanted to have the music kind of uh, follow along in the story and have you, you know, kind of go along with, with that as you, as you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So. I'd say he did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, definitely. I, I don't, cons- a, a lot of people, when I tell them that I don't listen to music that much, they look at me like I have seven heads or something, but I, I, I listening to music's a very active process for me, so I don't like to do it a lot, but the way that they include it in this film is it's very good. I mean, I really liked it. Normally I'm just, I just don't really notice music in movies that much. Like even, even songs that I know like these ones. Okay. Not to derail this too much, but I'm curious about what you mean by music is very active for you. Listening to music is very active for you. Oh, like I have to, when I sit down and do something i can't listen to music at the same time because i i I don't know i can multitask with a lot of things but i can't multitask with music because i just wind up just sitting there listening to music okay and i I don't really like to do that in my head i was just kind of picturing you like anytime you hear music you drop everything (laughs) bust into a dance he just he has to dance that's all it is (laughs) i feel you man i know what i know what you're talking about i too must dance I, I just have to dance anytime music comes on, you know? You, you get that urge right. and you just do it. Definitely. So, okay, so I guess, um, do you guys want, to, what I was thinking about was talking about maybe uh, the people involved in creating the movie. Um, I know the director was James Gunn, who prior to to this movie, I had not really heard about him before. I know he had like a couple of small kind of independent films. There's one film called Slither that he was uh, well known for, which was a horror movie, um, which I think actually had Nathan Fillion in it, if I remember correctly. Um, but I know he really received a lot of hype from that. But other than that, he really hadn't done much else. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and the thing with Slither as well, is it was, it was released in 2006. So you're talking about something that's a, almost a decade in between this and his kind yeah. of big break. But, I mean, we've, we've said this before with a lot of the other films. It's like Marvel tends to find smaller scale directors. I mean, mm-hmm. like aside from maybe Josh Whedon, and even Josh Whedon's kind of iffy because while he's a known brand, he has mostly done, and this is far, he has mostly done not necessarily failed TV shows, but very well, yeah, technically. <laughs> I mean, they got canceled after the first season, so I would say that failed. But okay, even though, yeah. like, obviously in our hearts, it's not a failure, but in you know facts, it is oh, a failure. Well, I, well, I was talking about the other ones, not just Firefly. <laughs> oh, Firefly, that's true. Yeah, okay. Buffy. Well, no, yeah, well, yeah, Buffy but, definitely was not a failure. That went on forever. Well, not a has, failure, you know, but I think I think they were also. I don't want to say niche, but they were. I mean, like you probably don't have like there are. I'm sure people of our generation have a huge fondness for it, but I think it's not the mm-hmm. same as something. Like they were very time fast. Yeah, they were genre genre shows. Yeah, much like and, all, all the comic book movies are genre movies. They appeal yeah. to a specific mm. type, you know, 
the, yeah, which the, I, the which nerds. I, which I would also say, just as a, I really hate that alien because it's like, because <laughs> it's like comedy drama genre, and it's like that's it. That's not a classification. Because I mean, you literally a genre films means anything. You have, you know, we mentioned any comic book TV shows, but stuff like um, Grimm. Or stuff like Supernatural, which aren't necessarily the same thing as like an Arrow or a Daredevil, <laughs> but it's all right. genre or or Hannibal. That's a genre TV yeah. show. And well, and and speaking again to the directors that Marvel chooses, I mean Kevin Feige, who is um, the president of Marvel Studios. I mean, you know, obviously he's you know one of the ones that has the main say on who they choose as directors. And this guy must be like some sort of a genius. Um, because he picks these directors that, you know, most people probably have never heard of, like um, like James Gunn, and and like many others that he's he's had direct some of the other Marvel films, and it, I, I don't I guess he just sees something in them that they'll be able to bring out the best in these particular characters, or you know you know they'll be able to tell the story in a way that that people enjoy, and I mean so far he's done pretty well in picking these directors, especially with James Gunn. You know, mm-hmm. and and one of the things that I appreciated because I did, I was definitely following along um, in the creative process as this movie was coming together, watching, you know, clips and interviews and things like that. And one of the things that James Gunn said is that they pretty much gave him free reign over this movie. Like you know, the, you know, a lot of times producers and production companies will will kind of hinder the creative process because you know they'll tell a director, well, you have to do this, you can't do that. You know, they kind of just gave it to him and said, you know, have fun, you know, <laughs> and uh, and that takes a lot of guts for a, a production company to just kind of hand the reins over to someone who's, you know, largely unproven like James Gunn. I mean, yes, he, you know, Slither was uh, a critically acclaimed movie, but it wasn't commercially successful. Nothing he's re- he had really done had been commercially successful up until Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is, which, I mean, we haven't talked about this with a lot of them because we haven't really, but that's also really special. Not just because it was financially su- successful, but it is actually, I believe, the third highest grossing Marvel film to date behind the yeah. original Avengers and Iron Man 3. And that is no small feat. I mean, which is hilarious mm-hmm. considering no one knew who Guardians of the Galaxy was prior to this film coming out, you know? And, and yeah. not to be a hipster, but I totally knew who Guardians of the Galaxy was. I well, had I the knew, comics. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I knew of them because they've appeared on like Ultimate Spider-Man a few times and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I, I've heard the term, especially when the movie started to get production. People like you have to, um, you know, like there's, there's a huge, there's a cosmic Marvel universe, which is a huge, you know, this Nova yeah. and all this other fun jazz and uh, Silver Surfer. And I know people who are huge into that, but. The other thing was it kind of bucked tradition, um, not just for Marvel, but for films in general, because this is, as far as I my, my <laughs> this is the biggest hit ever released in an August, because before Guardians of the Galaxy, like, August was, you know, like, Bond films came out and stuff like that, but August was kind of where you put the films that you were kind of like, oh, these will make a good summer, but we'll just kind of dump them at the end, stuff like right. Scott Pilgrim, The Expendables made their home in August. Mm-hmm. No, make like a couple. That. Like at best, you're looking at making, uh, you know, probably a couple hundred million at best in in that time of year. But you know, Guardians of the Galaxy just blew it out of the water. I think it. Oh yeah. Um, its box office was somewhere like seven hundred and let me see if I can find it here seven seven hundred almost seven hundred and seventy five million box office off of a 
a $195 million budget. So, you know, they definitely made a large profit off of this movie. Um, and as you said, it, especially in the month of August, it's like no one makes that much money. So, yeah. I mean, when you yeah. think it did better than Captain America, it actually it did better than every single comic book film. Um, it was, I think it ended up being the third best grossing film of 2014 uh, behind American Sniper. No, actually, I think, no, because Transformers broke a billion as well. I don't know who keeps on watching these Transformers films. But yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, the second, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to, re- I'm reading the information it's, off the It's probably the, the second best domestic, I think, behind American Sniper. Uh, and maybe second highest, Jay? Yeah, second highest grossing film in North America in 2014. Okay. So I don't know and what the first highest. It's, but, it's American Sniper. I know when that crossed over to become the highest grossing film of the year. Okay. Uh, and American Sniper is another one because it already came out at the end of December. And I think it was like a really tight race between um, Guardians of the Galaxy and Mocking J Part 1. And then American Sniper came out of nowhere because. Okay, no, no, I, okay, I was correct. It's American Sniper, it's Mockingjay, then Guardians of the Galaxy. Doesn't really matter at all. Anyways, <laughs> <Back> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going too far into this. Point of the, the point is that it made a whole hell of a lot of money, and no one thought it would. No one uh, thought it would. Yeah. Which, and... which was extremely exciting, because, I, you know, I had known about Guardians of the Galaxy, God, since way back in the day, um, since... Jeez, I don't even know. Since the '90s, and uh, and then they had recently, um, prior to this movie being announced, had done an, uh, started another run uh, in the comic series, and I mean, it, 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 the comics are awesome. It, you know, if you have a chance, check out some of the Guardians of the Galaxy comics because they are they are pretty awesome to read. Um, and so I was super excited when they announced the film, and to see to see the success of it, it it's. It's like it's a weird feeling to that you get when you're you're a fan of something that no one else knows about and then people find out about it and they all love it and you're like this is what I was talking about this is the awesome thing I've been you know talking about all these yeah, years Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, I is, you sometimes end up on the other end of the spectrum where everybody's like oh yeah of course and they kind of become snobby about it and that becomes that can become annoying I'm not saying that well, that has happened with a lot of these Marvel films but I try not to hold anybody's fandom against them yeah, I know going into – originally when I heard that Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be on the Marvel docket, that's when I was watching the movies and trying to get into the comics myself. So I, I took the opportunity to start researching it then, and I was like, wow, this I, – I you know fell in love with the, some of the comics that I read. And I was like, I thought it was going to be a great movie, and it was. So, yeah. But bef- – before I heard of it, I, uh, before they announced it, some of the early stuff, I had no idea what they were either. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things to consider too is that, you know, even though this movie, and I think, um, I mean, I don't know about your your guys' opinion on it, but critically, it is perceived as as a, a very good quality film. Um, you know, we all know of tons of 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 highly um, highly reviewed films that are not. Uh, commercially successful and i feel like the 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 success of this movie um is based largely on you know uh the marketing really from from marvel i would 
I mean, I think marketing was strong, but honestly speaking, yeah. it, was, it, it, it was. This is a film that was carried by yeah. word of mouth. It yeah, opened, well, I mean, it did well for August, thing, but it, it opened smaller than a lot of other films last year. Yeah, and another thing to another thing that contributed largely to it is the cachet that Marvel had built up to this point. You know, to, you know, Marvel had had so much success up to this point that even though people had no clue who the Guardians of the Galaxy were, they knew it was another Marvel movie. And so that, I feel like, got a lot of butts into seats at the theaters, yeah, even though they had know. no clue who these people were. They were like, well, it's a Marvel movie, so it's going to be awesome. And I saw, the, I saw the trailer, and I looked pretty sweet, you know. So, you know, really, the Guardians of the Galaxy themselves, like the, the, the characters of the story – uh, prior to the film being released, I don't think really, you know, I, I don't think that brought a lot of people into the theaters. I think it was the marketing. I think it was the success that Marvel had up to that point. And then once, you know, the movie came out, then the quality was able to shine through and people and word of mouth and, you know, all the buzz on the Internet was able to, to blow it up further. But initially to get those people to come see it first, you know, I think it was just uh, really is Marvel, you know, being able to to build it. Yeah, I think I think marketing played more of a role than people just knowing about it beforehand. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, no doubt. But I, I mean, that's good and all. But I do think it's time we talk about this film. Because hey, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> it, it, it very is. We spent twenty minutes talking about <laughs> its legacy and its use of music. But the hey. film actually has to be a film at some point, right? It, well, you know, this is better than uh, the Thor Dark World review when we were like, I don't even know what to say. Uh, it was a movie, I guess. <laughs> this is like the exact opposite. This, this, yeah. this, this is going to be a weird one for me as well. I, I'm just going to say up front, I enjoyed this film. I enjoyed Nemenshi. But I feel like it's more of a character piece than anything. Because there's really not much of a plot. Like, there's the backbone with Rowan trying to get the... You know, like, everybody's going... It's... Okay, it's... I think... I think Was it you who said this last week? It's basically an Infinity MacGuffin. The MacGuffin? I didn't say that, but I don't know if you did, Scott. But, but yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that it's basically a MacGuffin. It's the, the 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 structure of the story and the structure of most comic book stories. Let's keep it real, is nothing too incredible. It's pretty basic. It's you know you have a bad guy, you have a good guy. The good guy, the bad guy wants to do bad things. The good guy stops the bad guy. Everybody's happy in the end. It's like that's that's kind of like the basic structure. And 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 as you said, with there's always a MacGuffin. There's like the bad guy wants to get this, so we have to stop him from getting this. And mm-hmm. then we succeed, and the end. And so, then at the, no yeah, the, point, and 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 I understand why because this is something that they're building up towards the end. But at no point do they ever explain exactly what it is. They tell you what it can do, but not what it is. They um, haven't explained any of they, these they, gems yet. They kind of do. They kind of do. The collector does when he talks about uh, before creation. You know, there were five ingots. Or something like that, and yeah, you know, I mean, that's basically that's, that's, that's all. Where, like, you have yeah. to give it some importance. But yeah, I mean, as a fan, we all know where it's leading to. I mean, we've known where it's leading to since the end of the Avengers, right? Um, mm-hmm. But as as a somebody watching this movie, it's like, it's like, okay, it's something that everybody wants. It's something that you know, Star Lord starts the movie off stealing. It's something that Gamora wants from him. A uh, rocket. Device. It's, it's it's a MacGuffin. Yeah, and, it's a MacGuffin. <laughs> and it, 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 it's not a big deal. It's just like everybody wants this thing, and everybody's just yeah. going to keep on running into each other for it. That's not but, much of a plot. 
Yeah, my thing is, though, as you mentioned, this film is not about the story as much as it's about the characters. I feel like this movie is about the feeling that you get while watching it. You know what? What you know? You, the, 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 you you laugh and and you 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 feel for these characters and you're you're excited to see them succeed and you're you know you're affected when they yeah. when you see them fail and it's it's about the characters and it's about building an emotional connection with the viewer. Not so much uh, you being intrigued by the plot twists and you know the ins and outs of the story. Yeah, I don't think this. I I don't think this film would have resonated better if if it had been more of a plot thing and not so much the characters because i think that i think the characters and how they play off of each other is partly why so many people who hadn't heard of the gardens of the galaxy loved the movie so much yeah and and to go along with that uh, a piece of evidence that it's so not about the story the one of the probably the character that people most emotionally connected to could only say three words <laughs> like so it's like he literally had no dialogue other than saying his name and people connected with that character on such an emotional level so it's like and, mm-hmm. and i feel like that is kind of more of a micro view of like the greater picture of the film in, in and of itself it's like it's 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 about you you just connect with it emotionally you feel with this movie and it, it, the the technical you know, story and all that stuff is not what's important. What's important are the emotions and the connection. I think. I don't know. I might be way off. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, if forming forming these emotional connections with the character, I think, I think that's more important in this movie. Well, it's obvi- obviously shown to be more important in this movie than some sort of overarching plot. Yeah, I, I don't right. think there's too much argument against that. I mean, obviously they're they're playing the whole Infinity Stone thing after after you find out that's what they're trying to steal. But other than that, they you know it's just general Ronan's the bad guy and he has a big hammer and he's <laughs> going to try to destroy Xandar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not, not fair. <laughs> Not Shakespeare, yeah. Um, so, you know, the story in and of itself, I would say definitely one of the more lacking parts of the film, if we if we can say that. Uh, another thing that I felt lacks, and I think almost everyone I've ever spoken to about this film agrees, are the villains. Not the and best I, villains I that we've seen. For pretty much all the films. And almost I, every I, Marvel film has a terrible I, villain, except I'll for like Loki and the Winter Soldier. Honestly speaking, uh, okay, Jess, we ran a we ran a poll on the website a few weeks ago, and somehow or another, Rowan ended up third best. To me, he is the absolute worst villain in the entire universe to date. Yeah, um, he's not. It's it, there. It, there's no. He's I think one, one of the, one of the best. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very much one note. And one of the best things about it, one of the things that makes a very good villain is that to, to be able to see what drives them. And not only to be able to see what drives them, but to be able to connect with that in a weird way. It's where you're like, I can kind of see what they're going. Like, I can I can understand in a way that maybe even makes you uncomfortable that you're that you're siding in a, in a way with this terrible person. But you're like, I can kind of understand where he's coming from. 
And with Ronan, it's like, nah, I, there's, there's no connect there. There's no, he, he's, as you said, one dimension, he's one note, he's one dimensional. He's, he's, I am a bad guy and I will kill everything. Yeah. And I mean, okay. even throughout the movie, when he's interacting with Thanos, Thanos is just like, you're just dumb. You're just so, yeah. you're so single-minded. You're just a pawn. And yeah. even in and, the movie, they're saying things like this. Right. And I think another thing that, that probably turned a lot of people off to him is that you do see Thanos in this movie and you know that Thanos is the big bad. And you're like, okay, yeah, why are we messing around with this, you know, guy? And it's like, we know the big bad's right there. This guy's not important. So I think that doesn't help either. Um, but yeah, I would say overall the villain for me is the probably the worst thing about this movie. Yeah, and Thanos also has a very he basically sits around doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even call him a villain in this movie. He's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's just there, kind of quietly pulling the strings, I guess. And even and not like, even because <laughs> Ronan kind of goes off on his own. Yeah, so even Drake like halfway really, through the film, and yeah. the worst thing is Thanos doesn't do anything about it. Right. Well, because you know he probably knows, as we did as the audience, that yeah, he's just gonna go with his butt whooped, and I'll just deal with this later. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, and even um, oh, crap. What is that character's name? Um. Chick from lady uh, from Doctor Who, Karen Gillian. Oh, 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 um, um, oh, crap! What's her name? Oh, this is gonna kill me. Gamora is her sister, and uh, uh, it starts with an N. Nebula. 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 Yeah, like, even when she kind of like, I'm going to get into the action. She doesn't do anything. She gets into a fight yeah. with Gamora, and then she bails out, and that's her arc. Yeah. This yeah. Is a real yeah. Arc there. <laughs> Yeah, the the villains definitely are just in this film very much lacked. It felt like honestly to me, Ronan was right up there as far as like worst villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right up there with um, random dark elf from Thor: The Dark World, uh, Malekith. <laughs> like it's 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 just like, that forgettable. Where it's like, yeah, you know, generic bad guy, him, okay. Um, but again, to me, that so that's not only the worst thing about the film. That's probably the only bad thing I can think of in this film. I know that there is some criticism out there for people um, who are who just hate puppies and like all things happy, and they're like, "Oh, I don't <laughs> like how they pandered to the audience with all the references to like '80s pop culture and stuff like that, or '70s or '80s pop culture." Okay, and it's like, I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, but that's uh, so. I'm gonna say I like puppies, but one of my problems, and I understand why some people would like it. Yeah. The power of your ending, friendship conquers all, is stupid. <laughs> and there's no way yeah, you're going to get me on board with that. It wasn't friendship conquers all. It was, you know, these guys were coming together. It and was like, friendship conquers all. You cannot was, tell me that was not you, what that was. Are you telling me friendship does not conquer all? Is that what you're not trying like to tell that. me? <laughs> it doesn't power a infinitely it powerful gem. Well, no, it wasn't that it was friendship that helped them utilize the gem. It was that they were oh, all... Oh, was it the power of Yav? No, it was their power, period, man. It was They were just powerful uh-huh. characters. And then, the, uh-huh. as they mentioned... Star-Lord has an incredibly high power level. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> yes, it's well, the power as we of find friendship. Out later, yeah, as we find out later on in the film, he is more than just human. He's more Indeed. than just the eye. <laughs> um, He's a transformer? <laughs> a tr- knew it. 
I knew it. Those universes are related. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense now. It all makes sense now. But, um, uh, yeah, I can see what you mean. And there was definitely some cheesy moments in the film, but, you know, it... I like the cheese. It was, it was, you know, it was fun. I like the Kevin Bacon I, references. And the, I, I, no, no. Like, a lot of the, I went with a lot of this stuff. I found the f- movie, the humor worked. A lot of the, you know, like the, uh, the, the characterizations and the dynamics between all the characters worked. That part of scene, though, is I hated it when I first saw it, and it does not get oh, better before have, you, you watch have it. You have no soul. You, I, are you going to tell me you did not tear up when Gamora's like, grab my hand, and he's like, no! Mom, and then he's like, you, you are an evil man. Yes, thank you for that. Um, it's like, I, it's like, if, it's like, it's it's like going back, I don't, I don't know, it's like, it's going back to the first power, the Pokemon movie, when they used the power of tears to Dude, bring Ash back. get you? Oh no. my god, you are you are heartless. That Thank oh my you. god, if you were if you were a Marvel villain, you would definitely be up there with Loki. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Jeez, <laughs> you're bad. I know. I, know. I would be conquered by the power of you. <laughs> when Ash was like dead and Pikachu like cries and then like everybody cries and they're like, oh my god, it's <laughs> so emotional. <laughs> yes. I think You're part of it is person. because it's a trope, and it's a trope that has been paid up to comic yeah, but it's a trope that works. <laughs> it's the same thing like the first Power Rangers movie, when they used the power to bring Zordon back what? to the okay. right, don't Now you're being ridiculous with Power Rangers. Come on now. It's the that, same I, thing, though. They all yeah. hold hands, and some magical energy dispenses off no, them. But, okay, but in Guardians of the Galaxy, it wasn't a magical energy. It was they. It was they. It was a magical energy. <laughs> No, no, they, well, no, it was magical energy, but it wasn't like the power of love or anything or friendship. It was, they explained it earlier that before there was a group of powerful beings that were able to harness the energy together and they were able to harness the energy together again. It's, it's, they explained it. It wasn't like some, you know, I love you guys, success. It wasn't that. It was, no, it hey, wasn't we all like joined together and used our life to, it's life like force. Outward, he said it, but that was pretty much what it was. Oh, whatever, whatever. Hey, I'm, I'm not okay. criticizing. Over. I'm not criticizing you. Enjoyed it, Tony. I'm just saying it doesn't work for me because I'm right and you're wrong. That's what there's no criticism. There is no criticism to be aimed at me because I am correct. So, Tony, we know how Tony starts to say he holds his hands with his friends and he says, "Fulfill me with your energy. Fulfill me with your energy. How do you how do you know what I do on my time?" I have my free time. Uh, so anyway, anyway. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so okay, where where were we? Um, how about characters? What what? How do, how did you guys feel about specific? Or I guess we'll start. You know, with like the, start with the main character with Chris Pratt playing um, Star Lord. How did you guys feel about him in that role and the character overall? I I, th- I think thoughts? it was a I think it was a good choice. I think he I think he played the character well. I mean, I before before watching the movie, I didn't uh read too much of the Guardians of the Galaxy comics because I I was just doing a bit of research, so I kind of knew what was going on. But you know, comparing the the comic book character to how Chris Pratt pulled it off, I I'd say he did a, a pretty decent job in that. He and he he was Yeah. The big thing was he was relatable. Like sometimes I 
Sometimes when I'm watching a movie, I like to pretend that I'm in that character situation, and I like to try to in, try to gauge what I would do. A lot of the time, I was watching this movie, and I was like, what would I do if I was in his position? Probably that. Probably that exact same thing. Bang hot yeah. alien chicks? Yeah, I feel you, man. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan of his in this film, and I'm going to be that butt person. <laughs> but oh it, <laughs> it's, it has nothing to do with him in this film. It's just I kind of feel bad for him because I do feel like he's kind of be, he's kind of ended up in that typecast of like the adorable dark because he kind of faces mm-hmm. the same character in the Lego Movie and he kind like, he seems to be more of a badass dark yeah. in Jurassic it's, World. <laughs> well, yeah, and and that's I uh, I'm gonna kind of agree with you here a bit um, because if you you know see interviews of him, it's not Chris. Pratt playing Star Lord, it's Chris Pratt playing Chris Pat Pratt, and likewise in you know several other movies and things that he's been in, he tends to play himself in a lot of these movies and TV shows that he's been in, and which is, I mean, obviously he's having some great success now, but I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna fare for him in the long run. Hopefully he can kind of stretch his acting muscles up in his upcoming films, but yeah, I I would agree that. I think he was a good fit for Star-Lord. I think he was a good fit because he is Star-Lord. Um, you know, that is who he is. Um, yeah, it's a, certain so. uncom- it's a certain uncertain confidence. Like, he believes in himself, but does he believe in himself? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, he was a, a one of the, I mean, you know, I don't know who else could have played this role. I'm sure there's, you know, there's a million actors out there, so there's someone... But I think that Nicolas as Cage. far as Nicolas Cage, uh, <laughs> good God, um, I, I think that he was, I mean, about as spot on as you're going to get uh, with Star-Lord. And he did a great job with it. Um, in addition to him, I feel like overall the main cast of characters was pretty spot on. Um, I know that, uh, what's his name? The wrestler. Um, Dave Batista. Batista. Dave Batista, Batista, who played Drax. I know that Dave Bautista is not the best actor in the world and, and honestly is kind of a pretty terrible actor, but I think they took that and they used it in, a, in almost a perfect way. You know, they made him play a character who didn't really have any emotional range and was very kind of like, um, you know, literal in, in everything that he said and very direct. Um, and I think he played that remarkably well. And, and I don't, again, and I don't want to diss on the guy, but it wasn't due to his, you know, expert, you know, acting capabilities. It was that the director and the writers made it fit perfectly for him. And, you know, he had some lines in the movie that just had when I was watching, I saw it in theaters probably five or six times. And uh, he just said some lines that the entire audience would just crack up laughing. And you couldn't hear like what was going on afterwards because everybody was laughing so loud. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I remember. I thought I. I yeah. oh, go on. No, no, I was gonna say. So I thought overall the main cast of characters was pretty, pretty flawless. Like I can't think of any um, bad things about them. I thought they pretty much nailed it. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing because I I got a chance to see this movie early on before like, any of the early buzz or reviews came out. And I just remember that he was the star of our screening, like any time, because you know, like it's it, it's a very dry delivery, because he it, it, 
Drax's character is so on the nose. He takes everything quite literal that you don't need to ask because all you have to do is say, like, honestly, it works if you're wooden because that's his delivery. His delivery right. is just straight up. Like, nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. Yeah, and, and, it's no, not, and he's not and he's not joking about that. He's 100 percent serious about that. You know, so, yeah, I agree with exactly what you're saying. You know, that's why it works so well for him is because he's being dead serious the entire time. Which makes it hilarious. Yeah, which 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 I found, which I thought was fantastic, and I just remember the crowd loving it. And the other one, and I, you kind of mentioned it before. Like I know a lot of people are, are for group, but Rocket was a huge thing at the screen, and I went to. I remember people just loving Rocket, and yeah. he he also has one of the more emotional arcs in this movie. Right. I guess not even an arc really, but you know, like he is. Like he not I don't want to say fun often, but he 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 is kind of messed up. He he yeah. is an experiment that you know like I didn't ask to be this way. Right. There's a, and there's uh, only one yeah, me. I, yeah, I think that uh, Bradley Cooper, who played Rocket, I think he definitely disappeared into that role. Like if you didn't know it was Bradley Cooper, I don't think a lot of people would guess. Oh, that's Bradley Cooper. Like he did not. He definitely disappeared into that role. Um, the scene where he was uh, like drunk and crying and was saying, you know, I didn't ask to be torn apart and put back together again. That specific scene, I, I do appreciate what they were going for in that. And I don't know if it was just how it was acted, but I found myself watching that scene and being like, eh, all right. Like that's, that's one of the times when I felt like uh, – I was kind of seeing behind the scenes, you know, like, okay, I see what he's trying to do here. And I don't know if that's, I was just looking at it too closely or, or what the case may be, but I felt like, and I don't know if it was just the, the actor, but I just, I didn't connect with that scene emotionally as they wanted me to connect. Um, and I just, I just felt like I can, I can see the strings. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's very, it's like, like you said, you can see the strings. It's, just laid out right in front of you. It's like they're telling you yeah. what you're supposed to feel at that exact moment. And just, right. Like, eh, exactly, it yeah. doesn't have that reaction when you tell me I'm supposed to feel but that. I, yeah. And I, and I wish they had done it in a better way because I wanted to feel that. And, and it's just like, I just didn't buy it. I was like, uh, I'm sorry, not buying it. I see what you're doing. It, I think they should have done it when rocket wasn't like blackout drunk. So, you know, perhaps, perhaps when it's a conversation and something uh, happens, I don't know. Yeah. But I also feel that it could have been written a little bit better, those lines. And I feel like it could have been acted a bit better. The way he said it was a little too. It, there wasn't. A, it's it's hard to say because I'm obviously I'm not an actor, but I, I can I, I see I, I, I'm able well, just, I, I can tell what what I don't like, and and I feel like mm-hmm. in that particular scene, if if you were expressing that to someone, truly from like your soul, you know, and expressing like this deep depression that you have with being alive, that you don't even want to be like you know, in that moment he's expressing that he's so dissatisfied and upset with with his existence, and it's like I feel like that is something that comes from like a really deep dark emotional place and he didn't quite reach that in that scene for me i could be way off but that's just what i saw 
And I, I maybe I mean, I'm looking too much into it. It is a comic book movie. <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, I, you are looking pretty deep into that scene, but I mean, of of all the scenes that you could look deep into, that's one of the one of the big ones. It's one of the emotional moments, yeah. and you know, thinking on it, I agree with you. You know, it's. Yeah. And, and I think a, a part of why I'm so critical about it is because Bradley Cooper is an incredible actor, and he's a, a very, very highly trained actor. Um, you know, he went to the, um, gosh, what's the name of it? That school that uh, uh, the, the the actor studio in New York, and you know, graduated with like a master's from there. So he's an incredibly talented actor, and I just feel like I don't know if it, it's because he was doing voice work, and I know a lot of like stage and film actors have trouble with voice work because they're used to being able to utilize their entire body when, you know, um, when portraying a role. So I don't know, maybe that had something to do with it, but you know, I, I just feel like he could have done more in that. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. But Earl, are you still there? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I was just listening <laughs> to you too. Uh, sometimes I like to listen. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I like to watch. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I guess the other thing, and you know, you kind of mentioned Groot. I thought it was weird to give Groot one of the more gruesome moments in this film. I think partially because it was paid for halves, but he does impale a bunch of people and then just beat them around. Yeah, the yeah then, I, I noticed that on like the second or third time I saw it. I was like, oh, that's really the hell rough. out of them. <laughs> and then he turns to the camera and smiles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awkward. <laughs> yeah. It's a mass murderer, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Groot is the cause of more on-screen deaths than, or it's pretty close at least, yeah. than any of the other Guardians. He just, yeah, man. Every time well, I watch that scene, I have the same reaction as everyone else in the room with him. They're just like, whoa. To, to quote, to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger in the great film True Lies, yeah, but they were all bad. All the guys he killed. <laughs> That's a good point. So he did kill a lot of people, but they were all bad. Come on, cut him some slack. <laughs> Most of the people in here are bad. I mean, technically speaking, our heroes are bad guys. They all have criminal that's records. True. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they meet breaking out of prison, and it's not like they went to prison for a like. It's not like they got framed or anything. They literally went to prison for trying <laughs> to kill each other. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I think that's another good thing about the characters, too, is that they're not, like... I mean, uh, Marvel does a good job with, with having these flawed heroes, but these guys are really not even heroes for the majority of the film. <laughs> you know, they're just outlaws, and they're, you know, they have their own their own yeah. things that they're trying to do, which are kind of in a gray area. Not even a gray area. They're, like, on the wrong side of the law for the majority of the film. They're yeah. a but they're not complete dicks. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not no no uh, they're a holes but they're not a hundred percent a dick. That's what yeah, it is. That, <laughs> Did you believe that? I don't think anyone's a hundred percent a dick. <laughs> no, they're here to help. That was great. And, and, you know, even, even those those secondary characters were great. No, <laughs> so that reminds me. 
I mean, oh, yeah. like, so they were great, but I, it's so weird. I was, I was watching the opening credits this time, and like, there's so many great actors in here who really I don't know. have anything to weird? do. Again, shows, yeah, I think, uh, uh, like, Benicio Del Toro's in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I forgot he paces in this, even though he's the bad guy. He has yeah, like, who's no the guy? Pressure. Who's the guy, the English actor? Is he English? I don't even know, but he has an English accent in the film. Um, and he's uh, he's on the Nova Nova Corps, and he's the one that says like, you know, uh, you know, wouldn't a hole or whatever. And then uh, later on, he gets killed. Uh, crap! What's oh, I, know he's to, I, don't, I don't know his name, but he's, he's also a really good actor. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great actors. Yeah, there's a lot of great actors in this film, and and um, and obviously they did great jobs. They were used. I don't want to say they were underused because I don't believe they were, but it was definitely odd that they weren't used as much as you would think they might be. You know, when you see, when you see, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy has Benicio Del Toro and Glenn Close, and it's like, oh, wow, that's going to be. But, and then you see him in a couple scenes, and that's it. It's like, oh, all right, well, I mean, they did a great job. <laughs> um, another thing is Glenn, Glenn Close, is that her name? Yeah, as, as Nova Prime. I mean, like, she, again, she did a great job, but if you are familiar with the comics, Nova Prime is a bad mamma jamma. Like, Nova Prime is the, you know, is the guy. Like, he is he is Nova. Woman. He is, you know... Well, I don't know if he's ever been a woman mm-hmm. in the comics. Uh, well, I mean, Nova but, Prime here is Gun Show, so... Yeah, yeah, but, but like, Nova Prime isn't some, like, older political figure. Nova Prime is a badass. Like, yeah, Nova Prime is powerful. Well, it's, I mean, you mentioned that they gave um, James Gunn creative freedom with this. And one of those things was, I believe he, I believe originally Nova was supposed to be in this film. And they got rid of him. Um, there was I think some I speculation. Heard, I think I heard the there same speculation uh, about, um, and then they were talking about casting. And there was a lot of hype over uh, Nathan Fillion potentially being cast as it. But I think that just fell through pretty quick. Like, I never really got anywhere too serious. Like, that was just... Uh, you know, I feel bad for Nathan Fillion, because he's one of those, like... He's kind of, like... He's, like, the... I don't want to say ass generation, but, like, oh, who should fit his character? It should be Nathan Fillion. Yeah, he's a little too old now to play a lot of those roles, though. But, man, it's so funny. Like, I've I've never seen someone that so many people want to be in these movies and like they don't put him in him like he was in guardians of the galaxy i don't i'm sure you guys were aware but he did play a very 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 small role in the film that you wouldn't even yeah, notice it was him because it was it was a cg character and his voice was altered but yeah and i think like, um what? i think james gunn had to tell people after it came out and stuff like that yeah and mm. it's just like Everyone wants Nathan Fillion in these movies. Why? Why won't they do it? You know, but well, I, I mean, now he's probably too old for an action movie because I know people wanted him to be Hal Jordan. No, he's. I think he's 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 definitely younger than Robert Downey Jr. I think. Yeah, I think but Robert like Downey Jr. gets the and Robert Downey. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. gets to hide in a suit. Most of his like, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't actually What's do that? much combat. Um, right, mm-hmm. and I mean. But there are there are definitely plenty of roles that Nathan Fillion could play. I mean, you know, well, you don't have to be an ass kicking, you know, hand to hand combat kind of person. 
Yeah, that's true. But I also feel like he's he's getting up there in age, and he also doesn't necessarily have the um, resume. Like he doesn't have a blockbuster film in him, mm-hmm. as far that's as true. I know. Like he's done, you know, we mentioned Firefly, which is a cancer TV show. He's been on Castle, which is a TV show that does decently, but nothing special. Decent enough to have like seven seasons. And, yeah. And running. Yeah, but yeah. do you do you know when Castle airs? No, I have no idea. I've, I've watched okay, like the first four seasons that I haven't watched since. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He's not a big hit. Um, but I think they could definitely still use him. I think he has a large fan base. I mean, you look at very recently, um, what's his name? The pilot from Firefly. Um, Adam crap, Bald- what's the actor's no, name? Not, not Adam no, Bald- the... Oh, crap. The pilot, I remember, the leaf in the wind. Uh, yeah, I remember and, him. He was in a Night's Tale. But. Yes, well, he he he's been in a ton of stuff. He's he was, I mean, he's been all over the place. But him and Nathan Fillion recently launched a kind of independent uh, television type internet television show that they're going to be doing. And I, I don't remember how much they've made, but they blew past what their goals were. Untutic, um, yeah, and they demolish their their goals on how much money they were trying to make um and it's kind of like this this weird uh uh it's, it's like a they it's, it's it's very meta it's they both are they're both in it they both play a pilot and a captain of a ship or actors that used to be on a show that had they were pilots and a pilot and a captain of a ship it was a sci-fi show that was canceled and now they go to conventions and meet fans and stuff, and crazy stuff happens. It's basically a show about them. And um, I wish I could find – let me see. It. Oh, it's called Con Man. It's on Indiegogo, and I think it's done with the funding, and they've – their goal was – here it is right here. Their goal was – oh, gosh, I don't even know what their goal was, but they hit three, almost $3.2 million, you know, so – which is – seven times what their goal was <laughs> so so to say that like nathan fillion doesn't have a uh I mean, a big audience behind him i mean yeah. he has a lot of fans behind him but to be fair, that's, fans. that's also the amount that guardians of the galaxy probably made in its last week in theaters or something like that yeah so, so we'll see but since we are getting a bit on the tooth um i think We've mentioned this with Captain America, but I think this is the easiest one to see how it affects Marvel films going forward. I don't necessarily think it's going to affect Avengers because everything's so distant. Distant. It it will. Uh, not this Avengers, but it, the Infinity, oh, yeah, yeah. Infinity War. I, I, I think 100%. as far as Phase 2 goes, like it's not good because everything's kind of isolated. And I assume Thanos isn't showing up on Earth during Age of Ultron. But yes, yeah. we do. We, we get a brief backstory on the Infinity Gems. Like the first time they're actually named anything or kind of explained. Or the fact that there's any connection between this one and the one that's kind of been giving people trouble in Phase 1 with the um, Tesseract. Mm-hmm. The Mind Stone. We mm-hmm. haven't named it yet. And it is the Mind Stone, though. The Tesseract? <laughs> uh, no, the, the, uh, I believe the one in Loki Scepter. Yes. The Tesseract, I think, is the Space Stone, if I remember correctly. And I believe this one is the Life Stone. I forget which one it is. Somebody broke I... them all down after this, because this, yeah, because I don't know, but... Um, yes. So we know that's going, and we had Thanos, who's going to be a big part of, um, of course, Infinity Gauntlet Part 1 and 2, the Avengers sequels, um, and we'll see all of that. And we also kind of had the character, 
who I imagine who has had some of these in his possession, <laughs> and that kind of went yeah. to crap when that blew up on him. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's it's easy to see what threads from this film are going to be picked up. And even in the sequel, we have the tease of who is Star Lord's father, and Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> and we Nathan, still I'm have, saying Nathan Fillion can play his father. We didn't mention him, but but Yondu. Oh is, yeah, I like Yondu. I like what they did with him. It was yeah. It was definitely a uh, mm. a departure from the because Yondu, for those that don't know, was a, an original member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so, but I like what they do with him. It's very cool. And he's a badass. So, he, def- he definitely <laughs> he is a badass. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I do think it. I do think it is odd that they chose him for that role instead of, uh, like you said, he's an original member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I do remember reading that uh, before when details of the movie were just coming out and I was real I I was really confused early on because I forgot that people can take creative liberties and stuff but anyway I I, th- I really I really do like that ca- uh Yandu in the movie especially uh the actor choice because I loved him in The Walking Dead and yeah now I don't watch The Walking Dead much anymore because He's gone. not in it. <laughs> well, he wasn't much in it to begin with, but... Yeah, I actually forgot. He's Darrow's brother, right? Yep, Merle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Merle. Okay. So, I mean, I think, I, think, I think we've said enough, but we need it on the record. What are your final thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? Would you recommend? Uh, you want me to go first? Sure. Oh, yeah, you can go I first. Hit- Sure. I hate this movie. It's terrible. I don't think anybody... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy is... Uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's... And... It's, 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 it's not just a really good comic book film, but I think it's a film that pretty much everyone can enjoy. I mean, you know, I, I, I had, my mom's watched this movie and loved it. I mean, you can, you can show this to anyone and they'll have a great time. Um, and I think it definitely ties in with what's going on in the cinematic universe overall. Um, not so much with what we're going to see in Avengers Age of Ultron, but 100% for sure with what we're going to see in the uh, Avengers Infinity War. So uh, if you want to keep up to date with what's going on, um, I think you should definitely watch it, and you're going to have a great time. And if you don't, then you have no soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott, do you have a soul? I have a soul. I have to. I have to say, at least regarding this, I apparently have a soul. Uh, this this was a. This was an awesome movie to watch. Uh, it it hit all the humor points. It hit some of the emotional points, and it it just. I just connected with the movie. I connect with the characters. Loved it. Uh, I remember my friends were all skeptical about watching it. I was like, come on, come with me. You'll, you'll like this. And they're like, eh, no. They walked out of it, bigger fans of it than I was. And yeah, I, I really don't have much else to say besides, besides that. I just really enjoyed the movie. And it's real. I, I think that out of all of the more recent Marvel movies, this is one of the ones that you can just go into this completely blind and still walk out of it and have had a good time. 
and I think we'll get into that more next week. But honestly speaking, that is why my my four favorite Marvel films are Iron Man, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers. Not necessarily in that order. And part of the reason mm-hmm. is that almost all of those films are standalone features. Like they have stuff that connects to other things, but they're pretty right. much just that film. Where a lot of the other yeah. ones are so concerned with either being a sequel or setting up something that they don't necessarily stand as well on their own. Those films do. And the Guardians of the Galaxy was Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America was a great year for Marvel because both of those films stood on their own. Both of those films were highly enjoyable. I am yes. going to be. I'm going to be. I'm going to be that butt guy again. I stopping that butt oh, guy, no. Errol. I, Don't I, do I it. Hate, I hate Guardians of the Galaxy, but for some reason, I feel like I've never crossed that threshold into often like a lot of people do. And I think part of it is that as good as this movie is, it still has some of those tropes and problems you mentioned with other Marvel films. We mentioned the fact that it has a extremely weak villain. To me, one of the to me, the weakest one in the MCU to date. I can't think of anybody. Oh, no, right. no, no. Don't be ridiculous. Malekith? Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay sorry. I said to say, I couldn't think of... Honestly speaking, we watched Thor 2. You forgot we about Malekith. Thor 2. Forgot. <laughs> 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 you you forgot about Thor that's, how, that's how weak that character was. You forgot about him. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, Malekith. And Thor 2 doesn't, like, Thor 2 happened to me, and I completely forget it exists. You didn't yeah. watch it, it happened to you. That's, that's how you describe it. <laughs> okay, so the second worst character in the MCU. Thank and it you. Also, <laughs> and it also kind of has that very formaic Marvel climax now where it's just like a bunch of people kind of trying to stop this really random event from happening and it's usually involved into some type of air battle. We saw this with Iron yep. Man 2 and 3. We saw this with Cap Captain America to win this show. We saw this with oh, man, um, Cap, one. Cap 1 as well. Air yeah, battle. We saw, this, we saw this with the Avengers. Yep. So it's kind of become the trope. And I noted before I'm mean, I don't like the power of love ending, the power of friendship, whatever you want to call it. You're wrong. You're so, so wrong. <laughs> so yeah, like that whole climax. That whole climax does nothing for me, <laughs> but the rest of the movie around it is really, really damn good. So yes, it's easily recommendable. I'm just not saying it's this amazing, life-changing movie that a lot of people seem to take it for, because it does have some problems, but. Again, so much of it is so good <laughs> that it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely a movie that though that you can easily enjoy with friends. I, it 100%. was just such a better yeah, it was such a better experience. I, I watched it a few times, a couple times on my own, a couple times with people, and it's just hilarious. It, it's yeah. one of those things that's even more hilarious with people, but I still laughed out loud at a couple points. Watching it alone. <laughs> yeah, and over overall, overall, I gotta say this movie is just like Kevin Bacon. Just like <laughs> Kevin Bacon. I would like to go to that planet. <laughs> so yes, we are back next week with a round robin type show. I think we are going to recap the films we talked about. We're going to talk about Daredevil. We're going to talk about Agents of Shield. We're going to talk about Agents Car- Agent Carter. We're going to talk about any type of predictions and thoughts leading into Age of Ultron and just kind of recap phase one and two and then we'll be back in two weeks with 
I have assuming you've both seen it open weekend or soon therefore after. But um, of course. Uh, so of it's course. A Avengers Age of Ultron show for Tony, Scott, and myself. This has been the Marvel Cinecast for Guardians of the Galaxy. Beautiful.